Alrighty guys, welcome to season two of the ATP podcast. I am your host, Josh Atkins. Guys, I'm super stoked to be bringing season two back. We've got a lot of stuff to cover on and we've already got some awesome guests already lined up. We've still got more to confirm and we are approaching a few more after that, but I'm super pumped team to be bringing season two. Just a quick recap on season one, which was done last year. We had some absolutely amazing people on there. Um, We had uh, a wide variety of different trades, different Um, professions and different life circumstances. Uh, One of our first guys was Scotty. Um, He has made a major change in where he has come from, from originally from his profession to where he is now and to where he's going. Uh, We're excited to get him back on for season two. We then also had the likes of people like Kath, who has made drastic life changes um, and she's in such an amazing place now. We also had a couple of athletes on, so Georgia Prestowich from the Brisbane Heat and Queensland Fire. Um, We had uh, a couple of return guests, Ben and Dalt, um, who were in the fitness industry. Ben, who is training for uh, bodybuilding comps and mainly uh, going in through the Arnold's. Dalt, who's his coach and also does amazing other things from there. So, So really, really good people on last season, guys. And I highly recommend going back, having a listen to those. There's some absolute gold nuggets through every single podcast. Um, some really good stuff there. We also ran a couple of round tables where we got people in and just to have a chat, mainly on opinion-based uh, sub, uh, subjects where they were able to discuss what, what they felt was right and, and then also be able to put their reasoning behind that as well. Uh, what's coming up this time, guys? Um, we've got a whole bunch of amazing people coming back on, once again, all from different professions. We've got fitness professionals. We've got per- people that work within the health system. We've got more um, athletes coming on. We've got more tradesmen coming on. And I think the exciting thing that we really cover off in this season is how their life has gone and how they've gotten to where they are now but then also now covering off on what has changed, how they've changed and their routines and patterns uh, in the midst of COVID. So uh, at the time of this recording, it is the end of April, so April the 30th, um, where, like, especially within Australia where, where what would hope through at least the middle of it, we're starting to get better. We've already seen some, some, some good signs that uh, things are getting better. However, you know, who knows what the future holds, but for now, hearing how these people have changed, uh, not so much changed, but hearing how their, their day-to-day life has changed, if it has, what they've done to overcome that, the, the battles that they've gone through, whether it's through business or personal life or both, uh, it's absolutely amazing. And I could not recommend listening to these people enough because the, the positive sign is that we're all in this doing the same thing and there are different coping mechani- mechanisms and methods. There's not just one glove fits all, one size fits all. So hearing other people's opinions and how they work around things and their coping mechanisms is absolutely amazing. So guys, as I said, I'm so excited to bring you season two. I know you guys are going to love it. And for everyone that has supported the channel, the podcast through season one, thank you so much. You guys are the backbone and the reason that I keep doing this. So I am super pumped to bring you season two of the ATP podcast. Welcome team. My name is Josh Atkins and you're listening to Australia's most adventurous podcast.
Alrighty guys, so today we have Troy in here with us from Pain to Performance. Um, and mate, welcome. Thanks Josh, thanks for having me mate. That's all good. So um, there are a few people that already listen to this that know who you are and what you do, but just a quick summary, tell us about Pain to Performance and what you do. All right, so Pain to Performance is a it's a uh, musculoskeletal clinic, or more of a new age name that the association's gone to is myotherapy. We basically look at, um, we basically treat and deal with acute and chronic um, pain in particular. Um, we definitely prefer to work with uh, your functional movement patterns in the way of uh, not not just your everyday Joe, but I guess your. Uh, you know, higher end athletes and things like that, we feel like that's where um, our skills um, really do get utilized and they really come into, come into play. Um, for example, like over, over the years, I've worked very closely with your Reds, um, gone into camp with your Wallabies, your Brisbane Bullets and things like that. Um, now we work a lot closely with uh, uh, a boxer in particular that you probably know, Jeff Horn. Um, as well as um, a fair few other um, professional boxers that are that are up and coming, um, along with Jake Lilly, um, Olympic sailor, just just won the uh, world champs at the end of last year, um, things like that. So yeah, quite high end, a pretty awesome caliber of athlete that we uh, definitely enjoy working with. Perfect. And for people that also, I guess, struggle with knowing what um, I guess my therapy is. The way I try and explain it to all the guys in the simplest form is you're a much more knowledgeable physio mashed up with a chiro. So you essentially can prescribe exercise and, uh, and correctives as well as make manipulation. Would that be sort of a really basic way of putting it? Yes, yeah, spot on, absolutely. We, we like to think we definitely cross the bridge between your physio and your chiro. So yep. like, exactly like you said, we do all your exercise and your rehab focus that um, physios definitely do, but we've also got a lot of your hands-on techniques, mobilizations, manipulations, dry needling, um, you name it. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So, And I know there are a lot of people that kind of get a little bit scared when you say new age, you're like, whoa, right, a hippie, burning incense. But, <laughs> but definitely, I mean, like with everything I've done over my span, like in terms of seeing physio, seeing massage, seeing chiro, since I've gone and seen um, you boys, it's made a massive difference and it's kind of just the one-stop shop. It also helps having a really good knowledge base because, you know, just like with personal training, with tradies, uh, with any sort of profession, you can have cowboys that come in that don't quite do it for the right reason and then you've got people that do come in for the right reason and that are actually good and continually progress. And I know you're always, you boys are always off doing courses and stuff as well. Definitely. So yeah, that, can, that continued learning is, is really, really important and it shows as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then, Whenever I come to see you, it just makes me look smart in front of all the other guys because <laughs> I just regurgitate information like, whoa, man, how'd you know that? Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we definitely do feel like um, the, we, we've, we've got a good place in the industry. We still feel like, um, we, still feel like we, uh, we have a very important role, but we definitely don't put down or go away from anyone else as well. Like I, I still closely work with a fair few acupuncturists and, and things like that, that you know, they tend to do things very well that we can't do as well. So we'll refer to them and then they'll refer back to us in order to, to, to treat and deal with other things. For example, like in a, you know, a very acute low back spasm where someone's 
you know, in extraordinary amounts of pain where we can't really do too much with them. We, we can refer to an acupuncturist who can downregulate the nervous system, um, allow the body to settle, and then they'll send them back to us and then we're actually able to do what we need to do to get them out of that, out of that uh, sympathetic sort of response. Perfect. Awesome, mate. Cool, so good recap. Um, as we always do with the podcast, let's just wind back now. Tell us a bit about your upbringing, kind of what made you find the passion to go down this avenue, and then what are some of kind of the, the highlights going through from when you were younger, be it sporting or whatever, up until as early as Corona. <laughs> um, yes, I was uh, I was born born in Cairns, uh, up north. I, I soon then moved over overseas and lived over in Asia um, for for the better part of five years or so before returning back to Brisbane um, in my late primary school years and then uh, did uh, and then did my high schooling years at Nudgee College. I, uh, I played a lot of sport, definitely, from soccer, cricket, anything, bat, ball, you name it. I then, uh, in my high schooling years, I definitely took up tennis much more seriously and started uh, playing at a relatively high level, um, playing top division in Queensland and and uh, and, tra- and doing a lot of travel in terms of tournaments and things like that. Um, I ended up at the age of uh, around, around about 15. We tend to see it, now what I know, we tend to see it a hell of a lot, where you tend to go from, you know, you're more of your, your casual weekend type, type sort of uh, playing situations and trainings and then and suddenly you start to make these you know, Met North or state national levels yep. and you start to play a hell of a lot more for a hell of a lot longer. You start to play, um, start to verse people a lot older than you. Yep. Um, I, I then, so that's what happened in that process and I ended up injuring my shoulder. I was, uh, I was out for, for six months with a, with a shoulder injury. Um, a number of ultrasounds, MRI scans, you name it. No one knew what was going on. Saw a number of physios, chiros, whole bunch of wide range of... Uh, Sort of people in the uh, in the health industry, <laughs> and and no one no one knew. I uh, I one day from my tennis coach actually he referred me to see this fella who did musculoskeletal therapy, and he uh, he ended up finding it was a pinched nerve in the in the back of my shoulder blade. Oh um, man! Which uh, anyway, one treatment from him, I was literally back out in the court two days later hitting at around 50 to 60%. I was able to hit balls relatively pain-free and from there, I, uh, I progressed. So I think that was my inspiration for me. I was like, I want to be this guy. Like, yeah, right, okay. He, he, I was like, he knows, he knows his stuff. I was like, this is, I think, I think that's where I pulled a lot of my inspiration from. So yep. I uh, found out where he, where he studied and, and what he did and, and that's how I, I got into what I do, now do. Is he still in the game? Like, is he still practicing? Uh, he, he, I think he. I think he's officially retired now. He does okay. still do. He had a. He had a, a very founded, well-known practice on the north side. Yeah. Um, he worked closely with the Broncos teams and things like that. Uh, but he now does do just some some still sort of some sessions and treatments from home. Yeah. Um, okay. Just out of his home and things like that. But he's at half and half retired. Yeah. Just earn that bowls money. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect, okay. And then um, I guess, well, so where else did you go to uni? Where did you do your study? So I went to uh, Endeavour College of uh, Natural Health in the, in the, in the valley, in the yep. Fortitude Valley there, um, which is a, is a so the, the degree is a Bachelor of Health Science and then you go, and go on to specialise in what we call musculoskeletal um, conditions, um, which was a uh, four-year degree. 
Yeah, okay. And what was sort of the... Cause, oh, and this is a question I... I wondered as well recently, what was the, the kind of placement style? Like, did you go do placement with, or is, was, if placement was required, did you go and do it with other muscular, musculoskeletal therapists or were you going to physios, chiros, like all around? Yeah, spot on. So um, absolutely, prac um, was, a, was a big part of it. We had to do had to do a certain amount of, a uh, couple hundred hours or something or other that, that you had to do. Um, yep. I, I did my off-site prac, I was lucky enough that my mum worked in a, a very well-known um, doctor's surgery with some, some very good physios on the Gold Coast, which I, over, over the Christmas break, holiday break and period and something like that, I went and did a lot of prac there and basically just, you just sit in and supervise. You do, they tell you to do little things as well. You, you, so you'll sort of treat here and there yep. while they, they watch you. Um, but otherwise, a lot of the prac that we did do was on campus. So there was a student clinic on campus okay. where lecturers, supervisors, things like that would oversee. So we'd have normal people coming in from the public um, that you would treat, yeah, things like that. But it was very closely monitored um, by your lecturers. Yeah, okay. And I've always kind of wondered this from sort of the manipulation, like chiropractor and all of that. How do you go learning that? Do you practice on dummies? Yeah. And then what was your very first manipulation manipulation of like the neck, so C1, 2 kind of stuff up high? Um, so you're spot on. It was a there an electronic dummy. Okay. Um, and effectively, like, so for like a manipulation, there's a there's a lock lockout position that you need to put the joint into and then it normally re- will require more of a, it's more of a small speed than anything else, but um, yeah, a thrust that what we would call okay um and yes we learned on electronic dumbing which by the time you get to a normal person it's it's a piece of cake like the dummies it was so hard they they made it so hard that like if you could do it on a dummy you come to a person and it was it was like nothing what do you mean hard do you mean like the resistance or like they would just like are they able to control what's wrong with the dummy so you've got to prescribe and treat i guess just understanding and it was just the lockout position of, right, okay. of the dummy. So like, where to not go any further? Spot on. <laughs> okay. Where to go and where not to go. Yep, Absolutely. Cool, cool. <laughs> so, and then what was your very first manipulation like of a person? Were you worried? Like, did, did no matter how much you've done, are you still kind of like, oh? Um, like, you probably ask a lot of people. Absolutely, they would. I, uh, I myself, no, not, not at all. I, okay. I literally, like I said, after you, after you work on the dummies and things like that, you come to a person and it, it sort of feels like it just does it for you. Like yep. it, it, was, it was that much of a difference. First manipulation was definitely through the mid-back. Like we stay away and avoided the neck for a period yeah, of time okay. until you're basically blindfolded and whatnot. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, mid-back, mid-back, lower back um, is, where we, is where we start. Okay. Um, and then you even go into peripheries. So elbows and knees, ankles, yeah, right. wrists. Elbows and things like that but yeah um, th- that's where you, you start start distally we would say um, yep. in your in your uh, peripheries arms legs things like that ankles and then you you do tend to come back towards the spine before you go anywhere near the neck yeah nice okay cool I always wanted to wonder that <laughs> I mean I always wanted to know it because I have wondered um, awesome now let's talk about I guess once you finished your or you were qualified how did you go, like, were you working sort of in other clinics? Um, walk us through from, I guess, between finishing up with your degree, um, becoming qualified, and then walk us through to about opening P2P. 
Um, so finished uh, finished my degree at the uh, at the end of the year in December. Uh, what year? Twenty fifteen. Okay. And uh, from there, you then have to. It's a it's a fairly big process in terms of getting your uh, your 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 membership with your association, your insurances, your uh, provider numbers through um, the the various medical. Yep. So in terms of like Medibank, Bupa, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's an extensive process which takes a couple of months. Um, and then I started at the, it was around about mid-February um, the following year in 2016 uh, where I went, got a job at Optima Sports Medicine um, in Kelvin Grove, which is a, like probably, probably one of the best clinics going around in terms of like sporting clinic. They've got everything like, um, a fellow named Michael Dalglish is the head physio there who is phenomenal, very well known, yep. been in the industry forever. Um, and yeah, started there, got a couple of really good mentors, um, Michael Dalglish being one of them, along with another fellow, Emrys Goldsworthy, who was the, uh, who was the senior uh, lecturer of, uh, of, the, of the degree at the time. Um, and then from there, I got another, I was working at Optima Sports Medicine uh, three days a week, and then I started at another clinic that just opened up on, uh, at West End, uh, which I was also working at three days a week. Um, so from there, I uh, started to build a, you know, a, a, a sort of a reputation and a, and a rapport with a lot of clients, started to, started to, to build that, that client base. Nice. Um, started to work with a lot of sporting teams. Got some good athletes under my uh, under my sort of scope and whatnot. And uh, and I thought it was a it was a pretty good time. I felt like to to maybe go into business, see what business was like, and use them um, to help promote yep. um, my brand and the and the business. And that's uh, so two two years after that. It, it probably felt at the time it probably felt a little bit silly and like looking back on it now I was young and it, it, pro- it was probably too soon yeah. um, but it was also the perfect timing as well because I had had some high caliber people yeah. that was um, that would definitely be able to help me to promote to get the business off and running yep. and, uh, and it did they always say first year is the hardest hardest year of business it was probably our easiest yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, well, that's awesome it, it did it boomed straight away it, it, it came good and uh and yeah, being very thankful for a lot of the people that helped us along that way. Perfect. So what, what year did you open up P2P? Was that 17? 2017. Yep, cool. Start, middle? Uh, it was, it was half, halfway through the year. Okay. Um, it was, we initially were, we were actually athletic and physical health. And, uh, and then early 2018 in March, um, we, came, we became, we rebranded. Yep. Um, and became P2P, pain to performance. Nice. So we are now. Perfect. Cool story. Um, and with the all the boys or the athletes, sorry, that you had under your belt um, that you were treating, are they are they still coming to see you? Have some of them? I guess if they're sporting, they may have moved in a state. Um, but are you still seeing that um, kind of flow-on effect from when they initially helped start and push people into the business? Are they still providing? Um, I guess more business to you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, obviously. Um, Jeff being a uh, being uh, a very well known name um, now around after his uh, after his big um, world title fight win over Manny Pacquiao, um, yeah, it's like boxing Brisbane is like 
we're very well known within <laughs> boxing. So any any sort of up and coming junior athletes that we, we really do enjoy working with. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyone like gets injured stuff, they more they they definitely get thrown our way. That's yeah. for sure. Just because of Jeff Horn, his his help in um, to promote us. Um, as well as working with us. They're also lucky enough sometimes that Jeff might be in before or after them and then people get to see him in the, yeah, in the waiting nice. room. They like to get a photo and a signature. It, it, uh, it, all, it all definitely goes a long way. Cool. It really does help. That's awesome. Yeah. How did um, how'd you get on to Jeff? Like, did, you, did he just randomly come to your clinic one day? And... So, yeah, I actually worked with a, another professional boxer, um, Shannon O'Connell. She's a three times world champion. Yep. Phenomenal athlete. I worked with her for a period of time. She was actually ended up being on the undercard of um, one of Jeff Horn's fights. Oh, wow. And Jeff, from there, and she used to um, post and promote about, promote me a fair bit on um, her social medias. Anyway, um, Jeff uh, ended up asking Shannon um, who I was, who I see, and things like that. Jeff, at the time, had um, what we call bilateral plantar fasciitis, which is pain underneath the feet in the, yep. in the heel. Um, he'd, he'd had it for a, a fair few years and seen a lot of people um, about it and it was really starting to impact his training and wasn't really going too far. Um, so one day he ended up just randomly booking in like any other client to, to come and see me and uh, literally after the first session um, we uh, were able to get on top of, on top of it, um, find out what the cause was, put him into a training session and a loading thing, came back the following week and he had next to no pain. Wow. So, yeah, basically, I suppose you call it won him over from that. Yeah, and, uh, and our relationship has uh, has just grown bigger and better ever since, and it's uh, he, he's very enjoyable to work with. Actually. Perfect. I know there's a lot of people around here. Whenever I say that you've got wizard hands, they're kind of like, oh yeah, and it's like that's just another story because when I came in to see about my shoulder. I, I couldn't get on top all the rehab everything I did all the knowledge I tried to gain around my shoulder came in and saw you you just snapped me back into place and it was just fixed I was like what? 18 months of trying to do this myself and it took 3 seconds yeah. and I think we were just jawing off for the rest of the time <laughs> yeah we, uh, we we definitely I think the 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 degree definitely really helped us um, with that foundational knowledge we, we like to we tend to think we like to look at problems holistically. We like to look at the full picture in the way that someone comes into with, like yourself, shoulder pain. Um, it's probably not the the problem area. It's probably to do with something else. Yeah. For example, shoulders. A lot of the time, it's got to do with neck. It's got to do with thoracic. It's how the how the scapula sits on the rib cage and things like that. So we'll tend to look at a fair few other things um, before we look at the problem locally. Um, and yeah. Definitely, that's exactly what it was. Top rib, put that back in place. Something that you'd never be able to do yourself. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like crack, crack, boom. See you later, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that yeah, it, it was amazing. That's awesome. So now let's go. We've got the video filming, so everyone's going to be able to see and also be able to see your photo. But you're a big guy. <laughs> let's go back because I've also seen photos of when you weren't this big. Let's run through your type of training, what you like to do. Um, so fill us in on that. Yeah, I was always a tennis player, cardio, like would run hundreds of kilometers forever and ever. Very cardio fit, cardiovascular was, was great. Um, I was a skinny, scrawny little kid, absolutely playing tennis. Um, following, following that, I decided that my, uh, I wanted to put on a fair bit of size. I wanted to put on a bit more muscle. I wanted to be a little bit more durable. I just wanted to be stronger, yep. basically. I just wanted to put on some mass. 
didn't want to be a scrawny kid anymore. I was yeah. like, all right, time to grow up. Um, <laughs> You're uh, still in that phase, that growing yeah. phase. <laughs> <laughs> so I, tend, I went away from the, from the cardio training a fair bit because I did find as soon as I did something like that, um, my body would go catabolic pretty quickly. <laughs> it would just eat away at muscle. Um, so I went towards uh, very much a, a strength training sort of regime. I got in the gym. I started lifting uh, weights. And I, uh, I did everything. Uh, I did everything like I like to say pretty well in terms of progressive overload. I've never really been injured. Right? I, I started, say for example, bench. I started literally that first day I was in the gym. I was I was pushing fifteen kilos. I was like dumbbells, and I was like these are heavy. These are, and I'm I'm now like then they're like bottom of the rack type thing. I'm now doing I'm now doing the fifties, and I'm like warm up rotator cuffs with the fifties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's it's pretty cool to see that progression. But yeah, very much done. Basically, gone from like I would say every two to three months, I would change my program in terms yep. of strength work. Whether I'm doing you know your compound list, five sets of five sort of thing, staying in that six to eight reps range, going into more of a volume, um, and then going away from that, and then going into more volume, where I'm, I'm hitting 12 to 15 reps type thing. I'm more now really enjoying, um, I would still like to lift heavy. Um, so I'm really enjoying lifting heavy, but then following that, I, uh, I will tend to go drop the weight, whether it's half or, yep. or what, and I will, I will get that, that burn in at the end. Yeah, sort okay. of thing. Really enjoying the, the accessory work size of things um, because obviously volume goes a long way to hypertrophy yep. as well. But yeah. And were you doing those programs yourself? Did you get assistance for anyone? How'd you go? Yeah, I, uh, I spoke to knowing, happily knowing a fair few people in the industry. I definitely um, spoke to a fair few exercise physics um, that specialize in strength and conditioning. Yep. Um, working with the Reds and the Wallabies and things like that. Working with those sorts of coaches, um, having a lot of sort of feedback and knowledge about their programming and what they do. Yep. Um, I, I did, I started just to, to grab bits and pieces and, and sort of put it together to, to sort of build my, my own sort of program. Definitely worked with a couple of PTs um, in and around. Um, I like to, definitely like to see what, what their side of it is, how they do things. Um, you, you listen to everyone, right? But yep. you, only, you only pick the pieces that, that you feel might be suited for yourself. Definitely. Um, and yeah, that's sort of how it all, all sort of started and came about. Okay, cool. I'm going to segue. Um, going back to the business, when you said you started quite early and you felt uh, that it may have been a bit too soon, run me through how you've been able to go managing the business and making sure everything's going. And you've obviously got Johnny, who's your business partner. Spot um, How'd you go? What were some of the, the big hurdles and stuff that you know, you may have not understood about business or did you have a pretty good grasp of running a business beforehand? Um, well, I, uh, through, um, through my uni years, I did, uh, I did work at Officeworks. Um, okay. I started as a casual there and worked my way up into a man- manager's role, ended up, ended up store managing um, one of the stores and uh, that did teach me a lot about, about the business sides of things, so that definitely helped. Um, but Obviously, this being medical and health and stuff, it was a, a whole whole new ball game. I, uh, I was just lucky enough to have a have a really really good mentor to to help us. Um, Johnny also has a uh, has a study business at um, at uni as well, so he also had a pretty good idea of, of a background about a few different things. Okay. So we were it 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 did all come together pretty well. Um, 
there's no hurdle bigger that we've faced than just recently, obviously with uh, with COVID nineteen coronavirus. Yeah. Um, it uh, definitely hurt. Like um, the the clinic and the business took a took a big uh, took a big hit earlier earlier this month for a few weeks there, where numbers numbers effectively halved. Um, cancellations were, were through the roof, which was very rare, and, and we were it was very unusual for us. Yeah. Um, and uh, but the panic of all that has seemed to have calmed down. They obviously took all the private health and everything away from us as well. So then people were having to fork out of pocket um, a lot more than they would have needed to normally. Um, so that, that definitely hurt as well, but that's all back up and running now. Um, the panic seemed to have died down and, and it's where we would say like business is starting to get back to where it was. Yeah, nice. I definitely think we're in a lot better position in Queensland as well than some of our Southern states. So that, that's good. Um, but yeah, so around, around with COVID and stuff, I guess it's, it's almost still a bit of a blur and probably not a lot of people have had time to kind of reflect, but I guess around just thinking back to kind of early March. So January, February would have been running really good. I know you were, you guys were super busy coming back from your break and especially when bloody you and Shauna won a trip to Hawaii. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) far out. Um, so business was like just booming and and I know because the amount of guys we send your way as well and how um, how busy or how hard it is to get in sometimes Um, how how do you feel that I guess when the news started to break a lot more about corona did you notice any panic within the not within the clinic but I mean from uh, kind of uh, people coming in not being too sure about the distancing and stuff because there was a period right before the fitness industry closed like when we were closed up late March um, you, you were already sanitizing everything like I'd come in to see you and you'd be wiping down every surface that you had have you noticed um, or, or did you notice a bit of a leading effect coming to before the government shut everything down um, yeah well you, you're spot on you're like you said we literally had our, our best our best months of the of the business since we um, really opened painting performance was uh, January February. They were they were phenomenal. They were uh, definitely our best months. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, um, Corona hit, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say we really noticed it too much. Maybe maybe uh, maybe it started to die off very slightly. Um, people started to just get a little bit worried and things like that. Like you said, hygiene standards definitely lifted yeah. um, dramatically. Like the, the clinic's never been so clean in its life. <laughs> Wiping down door handles, benches, everything that got touched before and after every client. Having to space out clients um, so that we had an extra five to 10 minutes between yeah. every client um, in, in able to do that. Um, but not, not, not really, it was, it was just, yeah, like you said, it was when the fitness industry closed down, when the when when the gyms um, when they closed down, that's would and then I guess they started cancelling all sporting events and things yep. like that. That's when it was just like bang, like 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 yourself with, with the with the gym and everything. Like you, you can't like you just could not plan for that. It was no, it was mate. completely out of character. No one was ready for it. It was it's just one not, of those things. Not in a million years, like would I have thought that we could close so suddenly like yeah you know you always know that you may be a passing fad like people might jump onto the next thing that pops up so that's always kind of there because the fitness industry does evolve like that however to be open or to be assumed that you're open when you close on a friday and you come back in monday and you can only operate till midday yeah mate i was just like 
butthole was puckering. I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, so that, that was massive. Um, on that as well, and it's because like the, we're still hearing, I guess, about um, the NRL. The um, I haven't heard too much about the rugby union, but NRL and AFL are still really vying to get their seasons going. Some are saying June. I think I saw the AFL today were considering kicking the season off in May. Um, yeah. Obviously behind closed doors, yep. but I, I don't know how they control that kind of stuff. That that's a different story in, in amongst itself. But with any of your athletes and stuff, especially those that are associated with teams, even from just I guess the A grade level in state, what are their kind of reactions to all of this? And I guess their kind of playing future or career. Have you got any? Have they been talking to you? Have they got any yeah. vibes and stuff? They've um they've surprisingly all been pretty chilled and, and relaxed about it they're obviously um they're obviously all in pretty pretty good positions um where you know they there's it's just not too much you could have done yeah um jake Lilly specifically um with the olympic team things like that they've uh they've been very very good in the way obviously olympics has now been postponed to uh to next year um they they've been very good in terms of they they would just purchase a lot of the equipment that he would need and he now has a, a very good setup at his house and things like that. Um, Jeff, um, very much the same sort of thing, although we're doing like doing like Zoom, um, sort of like tap into his training sessions online and watch him shadow box or train or whatever it might be and things yeah. like that. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, realistically, they've, they've all been very, very chilled, very relaxed. There's, just, there's obviously not a whole lot you, you can do. They've, yep. they've all very much gone into maintenance programs now, obviously to not knowing how long this is going to last and go on for, um, you don't want to be keeping them at that very high intensity, whereas yeah. when they do know and they start to ramp things up, they'll burn out. So yep. they've gone into a bit of a, a maintenance phase, sort of a taper in a way, and uh, and that will build back up very quickly once we know. With, um, with some of your athletes as well, have any of them kind of taken this opportunity where their season may be either postponed or just, like you said, with the Olympics, can't postponed until next year, so nothing will be happening for the rest of the year. Have you seen any athletes that maybe say not quite able to operate at 100%, they might have only been running at 80% maximum capacity due to niggles and stuff. Have you seen any of them kind of now take this opportunity to really focus on rehabbing and get themselves up to scratch and maybe even possibly come into a later season or next year at a better place than what they were say say pre-March? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, big time. Um, yeah, we've definitely been uh, with a couple of them. They've been working through some some injuries, um, and in a way, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, yeah, we would say because it has given us a bit more time to um, really rehab it correctly, not take any shortcuts. Um, and you're right, they they will come out a lot better and stronger for it um, at the end. But um, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That. <laughs> and I want to get back onto so with Corona and the business as well. Was there anything other than having to kind of do the work around for private health? Um, and for those that don't know, it was just, what was that a, was this from Queensland government that they said there was no operation? Correct. Through private health, so. Yeah, it was, uh, there was, there was two or three states in Australia okay. um, that were under the, it was, I believe it was Queensland, Tasmania, and it might have been, uh, might have been Southern Australia. I, right. Could be, that could be that could be wrong, but it was. I think it was like there was three states. Yeah, cool. Like that. With that, other than having to have that work around, which I mean, that really kind of fell back on the customer as opposed to you guys. But has there been anything that you've changed or any sort of silver lining 
to any of this? Like, so the way that maybe you're able to um, protect the business, say if something were to happen like this again, or has there been any way that you guys have had to kind of turn around and go down a different avenue in order to stay viable? Um, not that we've uh, not that we've not not that we've really done thus far. Yep. Um, there, there's, there's probably different things that we will look at now in the near future um, because obviously the, uh, the Queensland government uh, or the government in general were, were very helpful in terms of a lot of the grants that they were, they were giving out that, yep. that we, uh, we did not um, we were not able to get and things like that um, but so that's there's, so there's probably it was probably a, a good lesson there as well um, you know about business sides of things that, that we didn't quite know um, yep. that we will we'll probably look at now and change a few things um, so that if something, God forbid, this doesn't, but if something like this was to ever happen again, yep. we would be prepared. Yeah, okay. I guess, um, and, and kind of a question, this might just be more of your thought um, as opposed to something that's been set down into stone, but if there were, say, to be something like as extreme as Europe where we were to go into lockdown and it wasn't as relaxed as it is here in terms of you can still go outside to exercise and stuff, have you, have you or Johnny, have you guys spoken yet or do you do you feel there may be uh, a route that you guys could take where the business could stay viable if there were no face-to-face, I guess, kind of um, interaction? Because you are very much hands-on yep. um, in that regard other than, I guess, giving um, kind of rehab type stuff and everything there. Have you put any thought into that kind of aspect? We uh, If this was to carry on, um, and 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 we were to like permanently got shut down. It was going to be for a period of time, um, so to speak. We would have definitely looked at doing Zoom sessions and things yep. like that in terms of corrective exercise. Obviously, being highly effective and probably where there are where our industry is starting to go. Um, yep. They, it can be very good. So the educational sides of things, corrective exercise, showing that on Zoom sessions and things like that um, would have been something that we would have had to have done. Um, if that if that was the case, but uh, again that would have been it would have been tough. At the same time, um, clientele definitely like that that face to face that hands on sort of sort sort of thing. So it would have it, it would have been tough. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we would have had to have adapted just like a lot of other people would have had 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 to have done. Like yeah. They have. Um, so yeah, it would have been something we would have had to have done and looked okay. at to to keep Peter P alive. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Right, mate. And um, I guess kind of looking forward, the, the uncertainty for 2020 is, is kind of high, but I guess in a perfect world, everything returns back to normal here in either Queensland or Australia, say September. Looking forward beyond 2020, say into 2021 and further from there, where, where are you trying to steer yourself and the business as well? I, uh, I myself want to continue to to put on a bit more size. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even possible? <laughs> I, I would like to, I'd definitely like to continue to, to train. I'm really looking forward to gyms opening back up and getting back in there. I'm yeah. definitely, definitely looking forward to that. Um, it's, uh, I'm lucky enough to, to have yourself where we can <laughs> pump out some good sessions here yep. and there. Uh, but yeah, for the, for the business moving forward, um, we're looking forward to obviously everything opening back up, um, athletes getting back out there, um, some, some really good events coming up, obviously. Um, the Olympics, we were really looking forward to that, seeing our athletes in action. Yep. Um, Jeff Horn um, fighting against Tim Zhu was going to be another spectacular event. 
Um, so definitely just looking forward, looking forward to those things, getting back into it. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, painting performance, just looking to continue, continually grow the brand, um, yep. continue to, to network and, and do what we've done with someone like yourself, work closely with them um, and continue to educate and, and just give people as much as, as, much as we can to, yeah. to keep their bodies um, from breaking down, keep them functioning, not necessarily at your Jeff Horn levels, but um, you know, your, your weekend warriors and, and just doing doing what they are, doing what they love. We hate, hate people, like, they enjoy getting out on the court, shooting some hoops, doing whatever yep. it might be, and it's, you know, a simple little Achilles issue that, that stops them from doing that, so that's, uh, that's us for, for the next little bit. Nice, okay, and with the, um, with pain and performance and, and the, the clinic that you operate out of, it is on the smaller end, and you've got, you've got three rooms in there, they're all filled now, with um, yourself, Johnny, and, and Amy, um, how are you guys going in terms of growing the business in that sense? Are you looking at maybe upsizing in the next couple of years? Just keep going with what you're doing until you're at absolute capacity. We are. Uh, we definitely like um, the area that we're in at um, at Red Hill. There, so now that we've been there for a fair few years, we've got some good um, good people that we refer to, and, and they refer to us in and around the area. So we'd probably look at keeping it. We would like to um, definitely like to expand, but. Um, at the moment, we'll, we'll definitely keep it, I think. We'd like to, yep. Johnny or myself will probably uh, take ourselves out of the business, fill, fill the room, things like that, and then perhaps go start up somewhere else or yep. you know, start, to, start to branch out and start to do you know, a few hours or days or things like that in, in different gyms uh, around. Um, in, maybe set up a room here and there. Like, don't, don't know exactly yet, but definitely the, the, the dream is to... Have a have a very 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 big clinic, uh, nice, yeah. with plenty of uh, plenty of equipment, plenty of rehab, yeah, plenty of big uh, gym, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> plenty of plenty of places to, to push some weights to, to get some good functional movement um, going and, and continue to, to educate um, your everyday Joe on yeah. how best they can do what they want to do. Nice, and you said it before as well. One of, one of the big things is you do like to educate people. Um, and I mean, the amount I've learned since I've known you so in the past year and a bit um, has definitely excelled my knowledge. And like I said, the stuff that I'm able to regurgitate to the guys, um, they think I'm like a wizard or something. <laughs> when really it is just regurgitating information. But you have done, you've done it for us and you've done it for other people where um, yourself and Johnny will come out. You'll run sort of clinics uh, on different things. Tell us about a few of those clinics that you've run and what they involve. Yeah, so we, we, we do what we call um, mobility stability workshops. So it's, uh, it's effectively where we, we come out and we, we will we'll tend to pick an area or a region that we really want to, that we feel like the crowd's going to benefit from, radio, whether it's say, uh, people like doing overhead press, it's their overhead mobility um, that's restricting them from doing something. Um, we'll come out, we'll educate people um, and give them the tools that they need to uh, in order to address that. So we have very specific testing things like, can you do this? No, then you need to go and do this, this, and this, like go release off certain structures, um, do these corrective exercises, mobility, um, and then see if they can get there. Once they are there, then we wanna go into the stability side of it. So we then need to stabilize that joint or yep. we need to stabilize that, um, that region through range. 
effectively and that's where uh, one of your favourites for your shoulders the, the old bottoms up kettlebell yep. by far one of the best shoulder stability exercises that we have that we know of um, yeah and so those sort of workshops we've, we've started to get around to a few of the few of the gyms now um, and uh, and it's uh, very enjoyable definitely something we love to do yeah awesome and do you see um, do, do you, when, when you guys go and do that I know that the whole intention is not to gain more business although that is always there like you want to showcase your knowledge then if there's stuff that can't be treated then in there get guys into the clinic yep. um how have you found that in terms of being able to drum up more business because before you answer from our end whenever we have got you guys in either just to do a workout uh, on one of the saturdays with the crew or when you do run one of these workshops just having your faces around here people can immediately uh i guess identify in their mind's eye when we say go see troy and johnny it's like oh Yep, or you know, Troy and Johnny, but where are they? Because I've seen a lot more uptake um, with you boys in terms of referring, especially with members. When I refer them on, if they've met you guys or seen you around the club, they're, I would go as high as to say 80% more likely to come and see you as opposed to someone that can't, can't put a name to the face. Yeah. Really? So have you, have you seen some benefits for the business from doing that around other places as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, definitely, big time. Um, like I know, I know Johnny did very well there, where he was coming and and you're you're putting him through his straps and yeah. <laughs> there for a fair bit last year. Um, he was and he was always always coming in huffing and puffing, going. Oh, he just, just walked in. He's like, oh, Josh killed me this morning. I don't think I've seen a guy spew more in my life <laughs> and not be hungover. Like he uh, and in like his transformation was phenomenal when he was working with you as well. So definitely, I know, I know. Um, Johnny, when he was coming in here a fair bit there and, and doing a lot of training, um, I would definitely agree. It, like you say, putting a face to the name and things like that definitely helped him um, drum up more business as well. And, and same with myself when I've come in and, and done the sessions. Yeah, people so, just see your arms and go, oh, I want big cannons like that. <laughs> Those big boulder shoulders. Where do I go see him? Just have a red hill guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So no, it, it, has been, uh, it has been great and it's been, um, definitely been very enjoyable since I started working with, with yourself and, and Fitstop. Perfect, yeah, love that. Um, awesome, mate. So in terms of what we do when we wrap up, I always ask a few questions, so the same few questions. So have there been any uh, books or podcasts that you've listened to recently or really enjoyed that you'd like to recommend? A couple of my, uh, I guess a couple of my favorite people um, would be uh, Lane Norton. He's uh, in terms of in terms of the nutritional world, I suppose you would say he's uh, he's going to be the best in the business. Yeah. Um, and then, and and then there's a, a few other in terms of like physical therapists, in terms of rehab and things that we that we definitely uh, enjoy um, watching. We learn a lot from as well. Um, people like Gray Cook. Um, he's by, he's the god of functional movement. Yep. Um, uh, Dr. John Rusin, um, he was one of the fellows that I just did a, a course with in Sydney. Oh, yep. Um, that I that I just did, yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, and there's another one actually. Um, I can't even pronounce his name. He's American. Cl- Clint. Clint. Liaison. Clint. Something like. Okay. I'm not, I'm not not too sure, but he's actually got a course coming up. He's very good in terms of uh, more of your acute stage, early functional movement rehab stuff. Okay. Um, that he's got coming up in Sydney. Um, it's meant to be in August. If it still goes ahead or not, I don't yeah, know. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he's definitely up there. Def- they're definitely the few people that we, we love and would definitely recommend to everyone. Yeah, nice, cool. Do you need to have your, 
or your qualification or similar to go and do these guys' courses, or is it kind of like open to anyone? Uh, no, uh, you're mm, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yep. It, you, you're definitely able to go um, to them. Some of some of the courses they do require your prerequisites need to be a, a certain level of qualification. Yep. Um, but generally talking, I would say just about nearly all of them, bar maybe one or two that I have done, have uh, like PTs and and any any people in the in the fitness and health industry yeah, would be okay. able to go to them. Sometimes they might be it just might be a little bit over the head yeah. initially, but um, like you would get oh you get a lot out of it. They're yeah. awesome. They're very good. Nice. <laughs> um, this is going to be a two part question. Run us through your morning routine yep. pre COVID, and then what you do now, and if anything's changed. Um, pre COVID was a was a uh, a, a six a.m. wake up. Yep. Um, Shower, get ready for work, um, cook myself uh, some scrambled eggs. How many eggs? <laughs> 40? <laughs> a whole dozen? <laughs> no, but you would know. Like, <laughs> your body can actually only metabolize 20 grams of protein at one time. So, no, we, uh, normally three to four eggs would yep. be in the, in the scramble. But, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then, and then I'd, I'd pretty much uh, head straight off to work. And, and, and work for work for the morning. I would tend to duck off to gym in the in the middle of the day. Yep. Um, if I could, in my break period, I'd go for maybe an hour, work out, shower at the gym, freshen back up, and head back to work for for the afternoon into the evening. Nice. Um, whereas now, with it, uh, I suppose over the last month, we've been a little bit quieter. I've been uh, I've been waking up. I've been doing these awesome um, fit stop live workouts <laughs> um, with with my girlfriend Shauna. Yeah. Uh, um, down at like Howard Smith Wars and things like that. Great backdrop. Great backdrop. <laughs> it's uh, it's been really nice actually. It's been a nice change, and then normally starting to get into work a little bit later, normally around nine-ish or so. Yep. Okay. Um, so I suppose that's probably the only little thing that that has changed, and I'll and then following that I'll sometimes do a uh, a gym workout or a session uh, here and there where I can with either yourself or yep. or I'll get down the coast because my brother. Um, invested in, in some weights and things like that. So, nice, smart man. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's been a lifesaver. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And um, I guess the other thing, this is going to be a new question um, at the end, but how has, how has your mental state been going through this, uh, through this time, through COVID? And have you noticed yourself, um, you need to, oh, I, I, it's a little bit hard to, to word, do you notice yourself needing to work more on, I guess, taking time for yourself or are you kind of just going with the flow? How, how are you going with your mental state at the moment? Because I guess this whole, it's not quite isolation for us, but it's definitely a reduced social uh, interaction um, at, at a lot. How have you been finding going with that? So it's pretty interesting. I literally had this, uh, this conversation um, a couple of hours ago this morning with one of my clients and we were saying how in times in times like this, people um, go away from their their fitness and their health and, and and things like that, and they'll tend to resort more to alcohol or whatever it might be. I uh, I I myself have uh, I've done the complete opposite. If anything, I've been I've been drinking less. I can't say I'm a big drinker at all, but yeah. uh, I definitely enjoy the social outing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, like now, you you just can't. Like bars, clubs, pubs yep. are, are closed and things like that. So. 
I've definitely been drinking less. I've, uh, I've definitely increased my exercise. I've spent more time on, on doing the things that make me feel better, um, yep. like exercise and things like that. So I've, uh, I would say like my mental health is probably the best it's been, better, better than ever. Okay. Um, the, the only slight thing that you do miss is obviously getting in, getting in the gym yep. um, and seeing the, the people that you, you enjoy training with and, and, and just the friendly faces around, the old, hey, how are we doing? Uh, yeah, what are you training today? <laughs> Those little chats that, that, that they're, they're a bit of a laugh, but they're, they're good fun, something you miss. Yep. But you know, alternatively, sometimes it can be a blessing in disguise because it, it's, uh, it's changed the way we do things. It's perhaps put more of a value on other things than not, like getting outside, yeah. um, getting some vitamin D from the sun. Like, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure, but um, yeah, I, sometimes these things, these, these things can be good. It's just the way, uh, the way, you, the way you look at it. And yeah, I've, I've definitely enjoyed it. It would be interesting to see how it all goes back, like, well, not goes back, how we continue on after this definitely because I, think I was t- i was telling you like yeah the whole does that whole personal bubble thing start to become a thing the handshake the the hug and a kiss like yeah like we were like we were chatting about the other day um whether it does go back to that or not are people more aware of their personal bubble they don't want to do that it um it, it is interesting to see i'm excited to see where yeah. it goes yeah yeah very very interesting all right mate thanks so much for coming in um one last bit Tell us where we can find P2P, where we can find you, so socials and online. Um, yeah, so uh, our Instagram page is pain.to.performance. If you just type in pain2performance, it's the, it's the number two. Um, it should come straight up. And uh, we're, we're located in Red Hill in uh, Brisbane, Queensland. Um, and uh, not too far away from the, the Broncos training ground from Suncorp Stadium. And... Uh, and yeah, and my name's my name's Troy. I really, really appreciate you having me in and uh, taking the time out to chat to me. You've been, you've been great. Thanks for your help. Awesome. Alrighty, we're there.